if you just sit there and think that's it, I'm over, then you're going to be over. But as long as you break it down into very small parts, get a job done, get the invoice paid, create a new customer, sleep in the car, whatever it is, but then just keep making those small steps and remembering the long goal will come as you make each small step. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Robin Copernicus. And on today's episode, we have an emerging founder that is working on his t-shirt brand, among other things. His name is Chris Berry. He has a really powerful story. So we're going to get a chance to hear his story and his, his really real story on resiliency, on how there have been a lot of things that have affected his life, but he's still going, still has his motivation. And we're going to learn a lot more about his dreams and actually how he is working on achieving them. Maybe some of his mistakes, some of his failures and some of his success. So Chris Berry, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Lovely. Thank you for having me across, across the pond, as they say. So uh, I'm very excited to see how the story. Yes, likewise, Chris, for people that are unaware of your brand, The Hunters, and unaware of your story, where are you now and how did you get there? So The Hunters started out of a need for my daughter to actually have clothes that were very much were similar to some of the American brands. So over here, we didn't have the kind of style that she wanted when she was 13 and 14, and she's 17 this year. I thought, why not? As a designer, why don't I do something about that? So I started on a plan to create something that young kids could have that was also not just a product, but something aspirational. It had a message behind it that also could then make a difference to people. So for me, The Hunters was all about aspiring, dreaming, hunting for something that maybe they didn't have in their life. So what we did was came up with the word the hunters we've gone through so many different design styles we once had a deer on there but of course that doesn't really fit with the female aspect and a lot of our demographic that we tested said get rid of the deer so we listened to them and we went through a load of different sampling of the actual design now we've sat with the design and we're going through sampling we're going through testing of different people using instagram using different social medias really to get people to say no we don't like that or yes that's really nice we're going through manufacturing which will be done in the uk it'll be a hundred percent uk product on a hundred percent cotton by sustainable cotton manufacturers which we think will adhere itself to people that are looking for something very sustainable but also with that hidden message behind it all right, The Hunters, that name is definitely inspiring. It makes you feel like you're doing something, you're going places, you're making your dreams happen. You're just out there hunting and you're, and you're you know, out there just killing it. That's like the whole process. Now, now, in terms of this brand, how long have you been working on this brand? i say probably two years is where we've really gone from sketching, kind of thinking what we could produce, to now we're in a position where we've produced a clover with a really good quality fabric, We've gone through the production of the labeling. I have a lot of patience. I'm not in a rush to get this out. If this takes another two years to get out, it takes two years. I want it to be right. I want the messaging to be right. I want someone to get this product and go, wow, what a great product. But also the message of, now I've just given some of the profit and we're gonna look to give as much of the profit as we physically can to charities. Which, and the charities will be for young boys, young girls, It'd be for those people that are constantly told, who do you think you are? Stop dreaming. The kind of charities that can 
give it to invest in young girls and young boys that would want to aspire to be somewhere, whether that's buying them train tickets, giving them money to go to college, whether it's helping them get somewhere that currently their situation means they can't. So the two years has been about also looking at all of the charitable way that we can invest the money to actually then grow the brand, grow the profit and grow the charity. I, I think what I've seen in the past is when a lot of people, they wait for perfection, sometimes they miss out. What are your thoughts in terms of missing out? Because in, in, right now, and, and I hope you don't mind me pushing a little bit harder, but what it sounds like is this is not really a business. It sounds like an art project because you're not um, getting customers in and you're not doing any kind of um, research. You're waiting for this whole perfect thing. What is that perfection actually riding on? And, yeah. Sorry, procrastination is always the killer. I've said this before. So many people will procrastinate. It's the same thing we do with social media. I want the perfect post, the perfect picture, the perfect text. We were stopped really by social by COVID. Sorry, COVID came and just killed our ability to produce anything. So we're now back in that position where it's and the supply that first did our sampling is gone now. So we got hit with an issue of how do we get it produced now? We have to go through you know, a new phase of getting someone to understand how we want a piece of clothing produced. Because it's not just about a generic t-shirt, a generic hoodie, a generic pan or a generic short. It's for us a really good fit. So we've had to go back to the drawing board a little bit and say, okay, this is what we want. Please produce it to this. Yes, we're now in a position where we're gonna now go forward to start actually going from mass production but as you can imagine with COVID as well, we lost with the main business, a lot of hesitancy of people canceling print jobs, canceling web development, canceling videos. We weren't allowed to do a lot of work that we budgeted money for to go into this project. So now that the UK is coming out of that, we're in a position now where we can start ramping up our plans for 21, 22. I think one of the ways that we actually connected, Chris, is you responded to one of my polls on LinkedIn where the question was, can your business survive if your product fails? So how would you say your business survives if your product fails? I think with me, the product is me. So I, this is my third business. Well, The Hunters is the fourth business. Tick Creative is my third. The Hunters followed on from that. I've had two failed businesses. The, the third business now, I have the same customers from back then. It's just a matter of being resilient, being consistent, and having that patience to say, I'll do it again. So if the hunter's clothing fails, we put it to one side, we don't take it personally, we move on to the next product. I think that's the issue is a lot of people maybe sometimes quit too soon, give up on the product, give up on the dream, rather than just taking that, sit back and go, okay, what did I do wrong? And carry on and restart. We don't believe in failure. I've been through enough failure in my past to know that we're bulletproof against failure now. We're in a position where if it fails, you start again and then you start again. So we think that with it being my dream and my passion, we can't fail. Yeah, so one of those things that um, we actually teach in our accelerator program in terms of like how you build this operating system 
for your empire is exactly what you're doing. You mentioned that you're actually leveraging your previous customer list for your future businesses. And as long as you're growing this customer list and you're leveraging that into different products and services, then how do you fail? This is how you actually build that moat around your business because then it doesn't matter what kind of product you have or, or what you're doing. This is able to help you stay afloat. So the customer list is yes. so important. In terms of the customer list, what are you doing right now to be able to grow your customer list? For us, I'm very old school. I'm very much pick up the phone. I'm very much face to face. I've been an avid networker for probably 20 years when I used to be in sales and also when I had the previous businesses. So it's a lot of email, telephone, face-to-face -face networking. It's using things like LinkedIn to constantly DM people to say, hey, I'm doing this. And whether they're interested or not, keep them abreast of, we're about to do X, we're about to do Y. And just keeping that communication and letting them know that we are still here, that we're progressing, here's an update. If they're interested, they'll communicate. And I think we have a great story here is that in five, 10 years time, the story might be different, but we're still here and we're still producing and we're still positive and we're still moving forward in whatever it is we do and whatever additional service we add. Yeah, having market staying power sends such a strong message. This is how you really yeah. build this credibility. Now, in, in terms of the Hunter and your business, what are next steps for you to be able to get this brand out into the hands of people? So the Hunters, as anyone knows, who's tried to produce a product to go to market, cash is key. It's a lot of money. So the biggest part of it is to do that, I have to grow and upscale my main business. So the, the way to do that is we need to bring more creatives on board, more designers, more developers. As that comes on, it allows us to take more people, more clients on, scale up the business, generate more profit. That profit then can go into the scalability that we're gonna need for the clothing. But what we'll do is we'll start the clothing in very much a niche area, probably in central London, and use a lot of creativity from the agency to generate a lot of a lot of inf a lot of people to go oh what was that they were doing now that could be a lot of dancers running around london wearing the clothes it could be pop-ups it could be anything we think that will just get the attention and that's what's key when it comes to this type of product it's the attention that we grab to people to say what is that i just saw i'm interested so the two will be very much dependent on one becoming the cash king and the creative and one being in, interested enough that the mass market will be you know, clamoring in there to buy the product. And again, it's really about just getting those customers to start joining into your community and growing that customer list. The, the average founder, I would say, that actually comes into the Vertical Liftoff program, what ends up happening is they actually have spent maybe hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars the average will have spent around at least a hundred thousand dollars on building this product first and then when they come into the program and they realize that they're getting traction their very first week that they should have started with the traction first so really yeah. it ends up being back to that customer list because then once you have this customer list you're able to leverage that into anything in the future where you're not having to chase after customers and having to throw spaghetti on the wall and try to figure out where they are you already have this customer that's grown with your brand you're actually nurturing them and even yes. before you start creating your product you're actually training them to like your product you're inviting them on this journey and then they start growing with you and once the product is actually available you've built up the hype so much it just you know starts screaming off the shelves now in, in terms of the hunters 
what are some tactics that you have planned to try to get as much product to sold as possible? I say one thing we've looked at is bricks and mortar won't really work at the moment. It's a very expensive thing to just open a shop up. So what we thought is very much using guerrilla marketing. I've got a, my daughter's a dancer and belongs in a dance community full of people of the right age. So to be able to then utilize this young, vibrant, energetic group of kids to, to do things like let's have a pop-up in central London to take to sporting events and use a lot of drone photography, a lot of photography, videoing to see these kind of interactive way that we can get people into crowds of people with our product on. Because if you get 50, 60 people running through a particular area where there is maybe not originally a spotlight, all of a sudden there's a spotlight and that becomes something that then becomes a viral uh, event. And that's probably what we're going to look to do is how can we make this just something that people want to ask a question, want to have the attention that then generates interest. So guerrilla marketing is probably the best thing for us at the minute. And it's probably the most cost effective. You're actually right now working on a book. Tell me a little bit more about this book you're working on. We talked about failure. We said I had two businesses that failed before. Yeah, my first business failed way back when I had a young child. I lost my marriage. Then my second business came after I broke my back. I then had the second business. I became homeless. I had a stroke. I lost everything in a house fire. So the book is all about my resilience to failure. It's about that every time something happens in your life, you learn a lesson from it, you move on, you learn how do I stop that ever happening in the future. And it's about me now becoming bulletproof to loss, to failure, and the lessons I hope that if people read the book, they can just take some of the tips of what I went through. And one of the best parts of the book that I've been writing was about the 13 weeks when I lived in a car, but I kept the current agency afloat by not letting people know. My customers didn't know. I would still turn up in exactly the same way. There was no victim mentality. It was very much, I'm still here. I'm still here seven o'clock until 10 o'clock doing the work, but then I'd go and sleep in a car. But while in the car, I'm thinking, how do I now move forward and generate what I need to get out of the situation? So the book is the story of 30 years or so failure, disaster, but also building that winning mindset to get yourself out of any future peril or any future failure. Okay, Chris, so this is actually an amazing story for me. And the reason why it's amazing is because 13 weeks in a car, that's really difficult. Not only is it difficult, you're spending the majority of your time just trying to figure out how to survive, how to feed yourself, how to bathe yourself, how to yes. you know keep proper hygiene. And that time takes away from time you could be actually using your mind to actually create things for society. So yes. someone that's facing similar struggles where their time is being taken up by these things where they're just focused on surviving. And mm -hmm. essentially what's happening is society is being robbed of their creativity. How does this person actually still be able to contribute and still be able to find time for themselves to be able to get out of this situation? The one thing I found was always be that the positive mindset was the most important part. Even when you went back to the car, you still have to remember that there was a point in the future that you constantly looked at. Now, if you imagine that would, for me was getting back my office space, getting a house. So as long as you remain focused on purely making sure that your journey is going towards that position, you can't fail because your mind is saying, 
yeah, I'm sleeping in a car, but in 10 weeks, I won't be. Okay, I don't have somewhere to call an office, but in 12 weeks, I will. So as long as you set those small goals, and then you just work each time to count down the months, count down the days, the hours, to get to that point, then you'll reach that goal. But if you just sit there and think, that's it, I'm over, then you're gonna be over. But as long as you break it down into very small parts, get a job done, get the invoice paid, create a new customer, sleep in the car, whatever it is, but then just keep making those small steps and remembering the long goal will come as you make each small step. And that's how I just carried on, just biting away at the days and the weeks until all of a sudden I was back in an office, back in a house and moving forward and growing the business from, what it, from then to where it is now. That is a very valuable nugget because I think when people are in a situation where they actually have to move into their car, and this is actually common, right? Like you, you can be as successful as you want and life can just hit you, wham, you have a medical bill, you're, you, you need to help your parents and this is a very tough thing. It can feel very overwhelming. If you think about that meme where that dog is just sitting in fire and they're like, everything is okay, you can paralyze you where you actually don't do anything and that even puts you into a deeper hole. So I think this very valuable nugget that you just shared is where you get rid of the overwhelm, where you just break it down into small pieces, start attacking these very small pieces first, and then slowly have that vision where things are going to be okay, where you can see that bright future and you just slowly start digging yourself out one kind of stone grab at a time exactly and i think that like you said with the overwhelm sometimes we do just look at a huge picture in front of us and sometimes it's better just to sit back and go okay right this minute i'm fine my health i've got my health i've got a car over my head i looked at that i had a roof over my head the hardest part of it was nobody knew and the hardest part was then my daughter who currently was with her mum. i would have her every two weeks and have to come up with an excuse. But what I did was I made a game of it. We would go to the beach. I would take it to my parents who lived near the beach. She knew nothing about it. So by shielding that away and creating this kind of separate area that was happiness, was just stopped me coming into a part of my life where I would become negative. I just kept thinking two weeks time, I'm gonna be with my child, we're gonna be at the beach, it's great. And then I'd come back home, reset and carry on for a further two weeks. That stops overwhelm and it resets the mind on that Sunday evening. Okay, a new week, let's go and get a new client. And then you do it again and again. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's really about that mindset. Mind, mindset. Yes. If you have the proper mindset, then you can get out of this. If you're constantly in this negative cloud, then it's going to be very difficult. Chris, where can people learn more about you, more about the hunters? And if they want to get in touch, how they how do they get in touch? So I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Tick Creative UK. I'm at tickcreative.com, which is T-I-C, which actually stands for Tatiana's in charge, which is my wife, who's currently the, the motivation behind a lot of things I do. And it's Chris at Tick Creative. All right, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story of hope and resilience. That was very powerful. And guys, we will see you in the next episode. Hey guys, this is Robert Copernicus wanting to talk about a few special things I have going on right now. One of the most difficult problems founders hope to solve is to get traction for their startup. VCs won't even look at Pistex anymore without this crucial element. But why is getting traction so hard? 
getting your first 100 customers should not be difficult. If you want 100 signups for your startup in 30 days or less before you even launch your MVP, check out my book, Minimal Viable Mockup at minimalviablemockup.com or at mvmbook.com. And if you want a hands-on bootcamp to help you get to 100 customers and build out a high converting sales funnel, learn more about the three-hour Minimal Viable Mockup Bootcamp at mvmbootcamp.com. And finally, if you are a serial founder with a successful business generating six or seven figures in revenue and scared you can lose it all at any moment, book a call with me and my team at launchwithrobin.com to learn how you can launch your next startup with our operating system that helps you build an empire so you never have to worry about pivoting again. Again, those links are mvmbook.com, mvmbootcamp.com, and launchwithrobin.com.